In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Therefore, since we have been made right with God through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the glory of God. Not only so, we rejoice in our sufferings. What a clear statement of what we believe as Christians. How wonderful it is to know that the peace we have with God is not our doing, but his. Yes, he, our God, Paul declares, is the one who brought us to faith into this experience of God's grace in which we now live. And what an experience it is. It's so great that we boast about it. We rejoice in it. And not only that, as Paul says, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. This happens again and again in the natural world as well as in our human world. Look at the oak tree, if you will, for an example. An oak tree grows strong and is able to endure the winds by bending and then rebounding against the driving winds. Or a spoiled young man is struck down by a serious illness. Pain and fear become that person's daily companion, and he looks his own death in the face. But by God's grace, he recovers. Before the ordeal, he is 20 years old, going on 10. Now he's 20 years old, going on 30. He develops a compassion for others, a sensitivity for those hurting around him. Or what about the current financial crisis, nationally, locally, as well as at this seminary? Is God create using this crisis to produce hope in us? I don't know about you, but the more I hear about it, the less hope I have. And why is God allowing this crisis to affect the ministry that is going on here? It doesn't seem fair, does it, that financial pressures are causing all of us, some more than others, to adjust our lives, or as some might put it, suffer? Yes, suffer. Paul's words, then, in this epistle lesson just read are certainly an appropriate word of God to use for this first day back from break. Listen to what he says again. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the glory of God, and not only so, we rejoice in our sufferings. Now, there's no way that I'm going to try to define for each of you what those sufferings might be. And yet with Paul, we need to say, We rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope, and hope does not disappoint us. I wonder if in these words Paul was the creator 
of the overworked self-help maxim, no pain, no gain. Paul, pain is not neutral. Pain makes things happen. Pain produces something. If we give in to pain, it defeats us. If we allow God to work through it, it can make us stronger. For example, have you ever noticed what happens when you drop a potato and an egg into a pot, the same pot of boiling water? The egg gets hard-boiled. The potato becomes soft. Two different things react so differently to the same experience, and it's the same with us. Two of us might have the same serious disease. One of us grows hard-boiled, the other soft. The one grows in faith, the other grows in despair and fear. And Paul tells us what makes the difference when he uses words like faith, peace, God, Christ, grace. Yes, God, through hardship and suffering, can make great things happen. He can change our nature, our insides, for good. Now that this stands opposed to all that our culture values and teaches, us to value goes without saying. So there's every reason to say no to what Paul is saying here. Paul makes no more sense than Jesus when he, our Lord, says, whoever wants to save his own life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel saves it. What Christ asks of us is to junk our pride and accomplishments and trust his promises that far exceed the reaches of our minds. God wants to save us. He wants the abundant life for us that he intended for us from the very beginning of time. And he's at work in our hearts and minds despite every obstacle, in spite our faithlessness, our wrongdoings, our indifference to him, our fear in time of trouble. That's why he sent his son to die for us. What a marvelous love God has for us. What's even more marvelous is that his love for us never, ever changes. And it is that love and that love alone that Paul, in the last part of today's epistle lesson, says, remakes us. Yes, remakes us from his enemies into friends, from old to new, from dead to alive, from people asking, why are we here? to people looking ahead to where he wants us to be. In Gary Jennings' book, Aztec, an old Aztec scribe said, We grow up and look down. We grow old and look back. We as Christians can add another line to those words of wisdom. We grow in grace and look ahead. Sinful though we are, God in Christ loves us all the way to the cross and beyond. That's why we can awaken each morning, rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God, rejoicing even in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, character hope, and hope does not disappoint us. And none of what happens here will even compare to what we will experience someday in heaven. So grow in grace 
and look ahead. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.